generation dwells here. And then we moving by the pack, so we moving them. And even if you don't, then you do, cause you cool with them. They be like, I only went to school with them. Let's get it. Ready? Yeah. Welcome to Color Correction, a GCC podcast about race and faith from the perspective of a black girl, an Asian guy, and a white guy, too. I'm Andrew. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Asian. And my name is Bethany. I use she, her pronouns, and I am a black woman. My name is Chris. I use he, him pronouns, and I am a white man. So we like to start off our podcast by talking about whatever we want to correct or add to our previous episode, which was with Tess mm-hmm. and about magic in brujeria and folk syncretic practices. Anything either of you wanted to add to that? I, When I listened back to that episode, <laughs> I realized what I was really struggling with in that episode was at one point you said you feel like, like a prayer and a spell is like the same mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me for about a month. And I could not figure out why it bothered me so much. Hmm. And it bothered me because I feel like there's a big difference between the divine love that God has for us Uh and just doing brujeria or witchcraft or connecting with other entities. Uh That feels really different to me. Hmm. So that's what I wanted to add. There is a different power that comes with the love of God. And I ain't mad at people for doing their spells or witchcraft. I ain't especially mad at people of color for incorporating witchcraft or spells or things like practices that have been labeled as witchcraft, really, Mm -hmm. when it's just cultural. Like, Mm -hmm. I I am a fan of that. But don't be throwing Jesus into it. (laughs) Like, I I need a distinction between Mm. God and a spell. Hmm. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. And this is the angle that I'm coming at it from. I think there's power in the name of Jesus, and I think there's power in cultivating a relationship with God, and I think God loves us. And I think when Jesus frames, ask God for whatever you want, Jesus is framing that in terms of you can ask your parent for whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Most people, a lot of people struggle to have the kind of faith to see God as somebody that you can just do that with. So the way that I think about it is... When you engage with God, when you engage with the unseen world, when you're trying to cultivate that faith in yourself, start wherever. I agree with that. Yeah. So I think we're on the same page there. Okay. I think what got me when Tess was like, <laughs> and when these boys act up, they don't sleep well. I'm like, see, that's not connected to the divine, right? Uh-huh. Like some of the stuff that we're doing is for our own self-satisfaction and to get stuff done. That. I feel like that's got to yeah, be different. I, I, there are some, I forget which saint said this, but what some, one saint flexed by saying, like, I never a- ask anything for myself. And it's like, I think it's okay to ask God for, yeah. for yourself. I think it's okay to be a little selfish in your prayers sometimes. I think, I, on, I, I really think that God, God takes what we hand to God, mm-hmm. and God will meet us the way we want to be met by God. I think. And yeah, if the only way God can reach you is through a spell, she's going to use that spell to reach you because that's the love of God. Yeah. So that's I kind think of, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, it's the reach, right? Like the, like the really important aspect of mm-hmm. what we're talking about is the, is trying to make that connection, which like we are not going to make on our own anyway. <laughs> right. I, and I don't disagree with you. I, I think ideally 
I think the 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 most the best way to connect to God is the way like the way the, the, what Jesus says, as if you're connecting to a, as if you're connecting to your parent mm-hmm. or your parent who loves you. And I think we should work toward that. Um, but sometimes I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not that strong. I'm not strong enough to just be able to like close my eyes and instantly I connect. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I need something else. I need I, I need there to be quiet. You know, mm-hmm. I might need to meditate a little. Yeah, I, I may need to be in a different headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I might need to light some incense or use beads. You know, to there are mechanisms to invoke the spirit, mm. and I believe in that. Uh-huh. I don't believe in causing people harm. I have really strong feelings about that. How about that. praying harm against somebody? Yeah, I have really strong you. feelings against that. Mm. And I also have really strong feelings about the way evangelists and prophets position themselves when it's self. So I particularly know one person. Um, I can't get specific because people know what I'm talking about. But one person that is I'm forced to have consistently in my life. <laughs> so one of my goddamn cousins um <laughs> he is a prophet okay but the way he approaches it is so self-serving mm-hmm. that i cannot for years for 10 years i've mm-hmm. been saying he does witchcraft right it's all about consistently making money for himself at one point in time it was all about like eating excessively like that was part of his thing <laughs> it was oh. like eating to excess, like just as much collection of good feelings and attention and food and money. Mm-hmm. He literally has never had a job. Um, and that's gotta be witchcraft to me. Like, I don't, I don't see God connected to that. I just see mm-hmm. a connection to Excel, excess and self-serving. Yeah. So I think when Tess was talking about her grandma and I don't want no problems with grandma Libby, <laughs> but that like something happened to me and I have to take vengeance myself or mm-hmm. enact something. I don't know. Like I really struggle mm-hmm. with that, especially because the Bible says like justice is like, we don't know justice. God knows justice. Yeah. So if I'm putting, cooking something together against somebody that does not feel good to me. Interesting. So I had really strong feelings yeah. about that. Like n- there's a big difference between the divine God and the love that he gives us and the love that he gives to all of his children and being able to cast a spell that causes harm to someone. What about asking God for justice against somebody who has harmed you and deserves harm? Do you think that's okay? I think people need to do what they need to do to heal. Uh And I don't think God will be mad at that person. Mm. But you you don't think that's ideal? I don't think that's ideal. I mean, that sounds really similar to what you just brought up too. They, same, same one. They, well, they sound kind of the same. Andrew's uh-huh. talking about like, start where you are, mm-hmm. and and look, like a lot of us are out for revenge. <laughs> That's <laughs> a, a starting good point place, too. yeah. You know, um, and and maybe along the way, as you are legitimately um, in distress and and reaching out to a god to like aid you in that distress, like mm. you come to a place where like you no longer just want the world to burn the way you've burned mm-hmm. um because you you have you've connected to like absolute love in the process of of your distress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and yeah so like maybe that's where you start but maybe that's not where you end up mm-hmm. i'm a, i'm so yes and 
I may also be a little voodoo <laughs> black woman. And I'm like, that's some bad energy that's going to come back on you. You wish bad energy on somebody, yeah. that, energy's at back, that energy's out there, and it's got to come back. So yeah. I, I'm always like, oh, I want to do that. Mm, that's interesting. You just go ahead and let God God take care of it. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I'm also kind of super churchy sometimes. I, I guess what I'm saying is don't let your human desire for revenge make you think that that separates you from God. Definitely mm. not. Yeah. 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 Definitely I think that's a good not. word. Um, and I, and I definitely have prayer, prayed prayers against people. You know, like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. But I've always come back to it and been like, now God, you know, I was just trying. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's just, I don't know what, maybe that's a me thing. I'm, I definitely believe in the energy and I guess spirits that you mm-hmm. can put out there. Uh-huh. I mean, right now you're describing like a metaphysical thing that does thing not exist that's, i don't i want to say it doesn't exist but like you could be describing a, a metaphysical worldview that doesn't necessarily include god like you're talking about like putting bad energy out there yeah and it might come back but like where does god fit into that equation i can see how god fits into that equation but god doesn't necessarily have to mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily have to i think that's why i'm using the language energy and mm-hmm. i think i've talked to so many non-christians over the years uh-huh. that energy is a word that i can use first i can't think of, of the word that i want to use it spiritually but like yeah no that that's an energy that you put out there that's mm-hmm. yeah that's the only way i can describe it but okay. it does feel connected to god i think because we are energy receiving beings and god created us yeah so okay. that's where energy feels connected to god for me uh-huh. but if i was talking to somebody who wasn't a christian or actively didn't like god i wouldn't go into that part mm. i'd let them leave it where they wanted it what if it's somebody that is receptive to like the metaphysical but is allergic to god because of bad experiences with christians in the church i'd probably keep it to energy and uh-huh. divine yeah that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a word that i right. often use in interfaith or, or the, the god of your understanding i mean sometimes i'm thinking about those people because i think naturally people do have a desire to connect to things that are spiritual and mm-hmm. i think people do have a desire for things like ritual and that kind of spiritual connection <clears throat> but some but then what they see about jesus is what most people see about jesus in the church despite the fact that those things are deeply spiritual mm-hmm. and a little bit magical sometimes mm-hmm. um so that's I, an interesting point too because i've been thinking about like how often people deny their <clears throat> spirit mm-hmm. like i feel like oftentimes in our society now people reject religion and that makes sense because we christians we have been on some bullshit oh yeah for centuries uh-huh. so the rejection makes sense but it breaks my heart because i'm like you're a whole person right mm-hmm. and you have a spiritual side to yes. you and to totally ignore that spiritual side that cannot be good for you as a whole no you know so i see what you're saying of if this spiritual practice Mm -hmm. is accessible to people for them to access their full humanity Mm -hmm. and to be met by the divine that's it yeah that's important yeah yeah Yeah. and i i agree with that yeah i mean i will agree with you that did i talk about astrology last time i don't did i make the joke that i always make which is that i was never into astrology even though I'm into other esoteric shit because like the Chinese zodiac is a different zodiac. So anytime people use the Western zodiac, I was like, fucking white people. They think they <laughs> they think they own the sky. They think they own fate. Like That's Pisces funny. is the same in the entire world, but nobody gives a shit that I was born in the year of the dragon. Like, <laughs> right. you know? right. Um but I was at like 
my office holiday party and a new a new coworker was like at was like talking casually like talking about herself and her previous job and that she was like born in Aquarius. It was like such an acceptable like random throwaway thing and then other people start talking about astrology. Like astrology is spirituality. It is as spiritual as mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But like because It's a very are, magical way of trying to understand yourself. It is a magical way. It's a magical way of trying to understand yourself. It's a spiritual way of it's a metaphysical yeah. way of understanding yourself. Yeah, totally. So I guess what I'm saying is like, yeah, if, if that's the way if that's the only way she has to connect to the spiritual, that's that's fine. valid. That's valid, yeah. yeah. And aren't we talking about the magi when we're like when we're bringing stuff like this up? Are we? Like Oh yeah, now that it's right? the Christmas season. Well and also like wasn't that their path to, to astrology in the time of Jesus and for most of human history has just been science? Okay, in the, and by that I mean they believed that you could tell different things by looking at the sky, yeah. like what the weather was going to be, or what the seasons are, or whether a king was going to die or not. <laughs> and that's all the same for them. Yeah. You know, it's not we, we are the ones that separate it into what is natural, what is supernatural. Yeah, but they didn't necessarily make those distinctions. And God used that yeah, to they bring found, the Magi to Jesus. <laughs> right, they found the Messiah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Where are we? How do you I don't feel know, about We went it, on for 10 minutes we sure about did. this. My bad. No, that was good. I felt so strongly about it. Yeah. Radio but I think we're landing gold. at the same place, that like where people can access yeah. connection to the divine, mm-hmm. that is important. Mm-hmm. But don't be praying that your boyfriend's toe gets stud every night he go to the bed. Uh, it's not I, nice. I break up. It's not nice. <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> that's, that's my lasting message. Um, all right. Related to that, we got a bit of listener mail here. Yes. Um, so I'm going to read this. And this is related to what we were just talking about. I really like the October podcast for various reasons personally, but I want to thank you for how it, you helped my son. My 11-year-old, with the help of my husband, was trying to make Five Nights at Freddy's his first movie to go with friends instead of family. He kept asking his friends, and by that, asking for me to text their parents. One parent responded <laughs> harshly to me, saying she thought we were Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I told my son that his friend wouldn't be able to go. That is such an inflammatory insult as a Christian. <laughs> that's what made me laugh. Christian. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. That is like my heart. Yeah, that's an epithet. Like, <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. I told my son that his friends uh, that his friend wouldn't be able to go because of their beliefs. The friend's mom actually thinks my son is a good influence on hers. So um, I'm trying to f- f- see if we should filter out his name. I mean, it's in the letter. Probably just okay. I would give him yeah. a different one okay. that starts with the same letter or something. All right. Yeah. So Leroy. <laughs> All right. So Le- Leroy decided maybe he asked her personally. If he asked her personally, that would change her mind. This has worked in the kid's favor before. Leroy was devastated to hear that he might not be a good Christian. And God damn, friend, Leroy! <laughs> and his friend who hides his love for Five Nights at Freddy's from his mom. <laughs> we were listening to your podcast soon after and he found what you all shared about growing up in the same way really helpful in understanding Aww. the perspective of not celebrating Halloween. We had really good conversations to follow up. <laughs> I am so glad to hear that. And I his so name's not feelings. Leroy, so I'm going to say real person, not Leroy. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that that was helpful because sometimes being a Christian kid can make you feel like such it is true. a weirdo. Did you, yeah. all, did you all ever lose friends along these kinds of lines? Oh, like yeah, we, sure. we left a church. Did I lose like, friends? I don't think so. A friend of mine from that church couldn't come to my birthday party because mm. we weren't part of that church. I was, on the, really? I was on the other end. I, I think I... 
I lost friends because I was too Christiany and uh, it was like, too much for them. Yeah, it was like too much for them. Uh huh. My initial reaction to this is like I'm. It's kind of sad to me that you helped that we helped this kid understand why his friend is lives like an oppressive existence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that we were able to help. Also, though. Uh, how do you how do y'all feel about kids listening to the show? That's so funny. I have never considered that anybody under the age of eighteen may listen to this show. I yeah. They yeah. could listen to some worse shit than us. Yeah. I mean this show isn't for kids. Uh, right. Unless you're named Leroy. Leroy. Yeah. If you're a kid named Leroy, I'm gonna assume if you're getting that you're actually something out of this show, I don't I don't no, I'm not I'm just, like, we're gonna keep doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you're just really cool for listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leroy, thanks for listening. But tell, mainly, I really, I'm really, your really glad that that helped him. <laughs> yeah. I'm really yeah, glad too. that that helped him. Because like I said, being a Christian kid can make you feel like such a weirdo and such an outsider. Yeah. Or in this case, to be the Christian kid that gets to do something. I also had that experience. So none of us, none of my cousins could watch like Pokemon or uh, there was a show called Rupert that came on during the day on Nickelodeon. He was a wizard. We couldn't watch that. But my family, (laughs) we were allowed to watch The Simpsons. That was banned in all the other families. All the other sisters banned The Simpsons, but we were allowed to watch it. So I also (laughs) have that experience of like feeling kind of salacious. Like, oh, should I be watching this? Are my parents not the Christians? But... Yeah, Leroy, I'm proud of you for listening to us and trying to figure it out and also having conversations with your parents yeah, about hard totally. things. Yeah, that's, that's pretty really cool. sweet. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I uh in in that way, yeah, I'm like, I admire the whole family. For, I do too. Uh, for having that conversation. I think that that's that's God, that is the real work of like being, being a, a Christian. Christian. Like, it's not just dragging your kid yeah, to church like, every okay, day. Maybe there is a rule, but maybe we need to talk about why that's a rule, and maybe we need to talk about why that's not a rule for everybody. Right. Sure, yeah. That's all, like, that's that's really complicated. It yeah. is complicated. It really is. Yeah. So. Yeah. What are, you're off to like, a good start if these, are, if these are the things you're talking about and working out as a family now. I know. That's so great. And thank you for writing us about mm-hmm. it. Because it also encourages me. We didn't have challenging conversations like that growing up, so it encourages me. If I do get to have some kiddos and a family, that we can have tough conversations together. Yeah. yeah. So, it is December, and that means we're doing our, I guess we're, we're doing our year-end review, mm-hmm. which is a mix of kind of talking about what we've been through and also looking back on the past six months of episodes because we took a long break <laughs> and came back in June. Yeah. So, um, how do we want to start this? You want to lead us through it? Yeah. So as you all know, it took us six months to get back to you all, but we are back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what was going on for us in those six months? I know that my mother entered another round of cancer treatment um, and she was hospitalized a lot. Um, And she's actually been living with me for most of this year. So my focus at the beginning of the year was taking care of my mom and making sure that she made it to the end of the year, Mm -hmm. which is really... It's overwhelming to be Mm -hmm. a caretaker. It's an experience that I constantly have to pray about. Yeah. And not cast spells on my mom. (laughs) Right. People don't talk about being caretakers for their parents enough. And I'm really interested in that experience. We don't have to go into depth about it. But I do feel like this has been my experience of interacting with you, Beth, this year. Sometimes when, when my friends recently become parents and I interact with them, 
you can tell that they're not all there mm-hmm. because they're tired or they're thinking totally. about something else where they're doing some kid math in their head. Yeah. And especially the first, I don't know, like a year after they have a newborn, mm-hmm. I, I lose them a little bit and I miss them a little bit. Yeah. And I was feeling a little bit the same, like the same way when I was interacting with you. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like a criticism, a criticism, but it's the reality because yeah. yeah. I don't always feel wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think like, and like another way to say it is they get lost. Like, I think that's, that's also true internally for the, for these parents. Like they lose a part of themselves too. Mm-hmm. How could you not? Yeah. I think you lose a part of your independence and also it's a really psychologically it it's uncomfortable to switch roles, right? Whereas, like, I'm the main caretaker. Um, I'm even kind of telling her what to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was taking her radiation, I would wake up first, get in the shower, then I'd come in her room and say, hey, time for you to get in the shower, right? So, yeah, yeah, I think that is challenging for parents. But, yeah, I, I think it makes sense that, like, I haven't, been completely focused because I have such a major like nothing feels important unless it's my mom in this season of my life sure and I'm sure that is reflected in my general attitude towards everything I snapped on a nurse at the hospital on Saturday and started Mm. yelling at them yeah I never get loud in public I I mean like thinking about the people who are regularly in their sphere like that must just be like a regular part of nursing she she had the nerve to say well, I actually feel bad for her. She had, she said, whoa, when I got done. And that made me even madder. Like, cuss me out a little bit back, have a little bit of attitude. She said, whoa. Oh, my God. Um, But yeah, I definitely haven't felt like myself because my main priority is my mom. Even my patience with stuff with the church. Mm-hmm. Like I have a very no bullshit attitude because nothing, everything feels like bullshit except for my mom and mm-hmm. her care. Yeah. 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 It's interesting for you to compare it to like a newborn child or a new parent mm-hmm. with a newborn is yeah, it's very experimental. Mm-hmm. Right. It's an, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a role season. you are newly in. Yeah. Yeah. And your mom, too. Yeah. You both both are figuring out this new thing. Yeah. And we're both doing our best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I say this to my friends who've recently become parents, but I I appreciated being able to help you out that one time. I really appreciated that, too. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't. I don't mind hanging out while they're putting the kids to sleep or whatever it need whatever needs to happen in order to like have you that know, time with have them. that time you know yeah totally yeah. We're, we're here for you thank yeah. you yeah. and I appreciate that I, um sometimes it pays in dividends like sometimes sometimes you're in it long enough to get invited to like the person's wedding <laughs> that was a child when you first met them um well for me the first part of the year was characterized by. Well, closing the church. Yeah, closing the church and being really like elbow deep in the dying process. You held it down for us. Like the only reason we had a smooth transition to closing at our congregation. I can't say the only reason, but the main reason was you and Amy. You all really pastored us through that 
because so many of us, we didn't sign up to be pastors and we suddenly got thrown into it. So I am so grateful for the way you and Amy pastored us out. Thank you. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it was really meaningful and it was really tough. And um, and yeah, it's, it took a, a lot of time and attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like grappling with the after effect a little bit and like what's my what's my role now and this this incredibly this you know this institution i was part of for so long yeah at the end was shaped us yeah it did yeah it was so it's such a part of who we are Mm -hmm. um and putting that to rest and being close to it at at the end um and then grieving the loss that's been all been part of it Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah I mean, earlier, earlier you were talking about how um, you've been feeling kind of peeved at the podcast because it kind of feels like, uh, like, um, like, what are we even doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's still hard for me to even articulate. But I didn't realize for the last couple of months, I have felt resistance to coming to recording the podcast, Mm, almost like mm -hmm. going to the gym. Mm. Like, oh, I know it's good. But like when I get there, I have a good time. But what? Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. And it wasn't until yesterday when I was thinking of excuses that I was like, oh, there's resentment here that I Mm. need to explore. Mm -hmm. And I think the resentment is I subconsciously viewed this podcast almost like an evangelism tool mm-hmm. like yo yeah. we are doing this we want to hear from you right yeah. we say that at the end of every every episode yeah, right like it. we are being the church together mm-hmm. we are figuring it out together we want to hear from you yeah. we want to be the church with you and, and now the, we and don't the church got of, no the church, church of name was was circle of hope like right. that's the, that's whether we were being explicit about that in those well in those, the thing is sometimes times. we were explicit about it yeah. and i think in, in our conversations we were our, the initial goal of the podcast was to be a teaching tool, an mm-hmm. extension of the capacity of the compassion team, and yeah. to be a teaching tool for yeah. the church. For the church, and then and it, then we happen to get other leaders. Exactly, as, particularly yeah, it just, it accidentally got bigger than the church. Yeah. yeah, but there was a solid year when all of our listeners mm-hmm. were people from the church, mm-hmm. and all of our listeners were in Philly, and maybe some of our friends, like right. your family, my family, right. etc. After I said it, I looked at you. I was like, uh, nah, no, not my family, but Thank um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's really been challenging for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I let myself like finish the thoughts, right? Like I had been stopping at, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But when I finally moved through what was coming up for me, it was grief. Yeah. yeah. It's like- and wondering what does this what's the point of this podcast if mm. we don't even have a fucking church? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you think you've is that something that you're gonna continue to grapple with? I think so, yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to stop doing this podcast. And I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of power in this podcast. Yeah, and there continues too. to be power. Yeah. And, but the other thing is, like, I also just enjoy talking to you, you both. Yeah. And I think that the podcast can be, can grow, can be something beyond what we originally our original intentions yeah, for it. Yeah, I think it already is. Yeah, and that doesn't, and we don't need to, I gave a sermon this past, Julie got COVID, and so I had to pinch hit and give a sermon, and it was about how tools can be can be used for things beyond what we originally designed them for. Totally. Like a paperclip doesn't have to just clip papers. Mm-mm. Ooh, I've used a paperclip for my hair. 
Yeah. So I, I feel that way about the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful framing that this is a tool. And as we go on and grow and as our lives change and the world yeah. changes, the need for the tool can just change. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. really helpful. And I, I think my, my present hope um, is that one of, one of the ways we continue to be a resource um, is in this is in this process of of loss and grief, especially around like an institution, a church. Um, you know, like we've dealt with it differently. I think about like this. I I'm having a hard time sitting here thinking about those six months. I spent a lot of the first part of this year uh, in a di- like I'm in a different congregation. We're going through this process, but in a different way. And I think and like personally, like I was just. Mostly just not trying to face it, mm-hmm. um, not not trying to face like the the four different congregations, like losing connection with one another. Um, me me knowing less and less, like what was going on other places, um, and I'm realizing as we're talking about it, I'm getting sad. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And I just like, I think the story for me is, is like that there's this question mark for me about what those first six months were because I was too sad to face it. Okay. Um, in that, like somewhere, somewhere like in, in May or June, you and I had a conversation. I was really angry. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's I still have a lot of anger. Yeah. Like the, the thing I remember about that conversation after the initial, like, I'm really looking forward to, to hang out with Andrew. Just like, I think I just yammered on angrily, which like, thank you for letting me do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like this is this like, and that grief is like this identity for me. Like yeah. this, this place that was, that has been such a stable place. It's like, let me explore and, and like, do crazy things and 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 do a, and you like, literally grew up i did i was yeah place. i was like i was Half like 21 22 when i entered circle of hope and i'm yeah. 43 now um yeah that's a long time it's a long time mm-hmm. um and the last thing i <laughs> the last thing i wanted to do was like watch this thing like slowly die yeah but it did mm-hmm. yeah um and yeah, so right. So like we were all kind of, it's not like we were all kind of going through that in different ways with like, ex, like other challenges besides like right. we have like whole lives um, that made it hard to like want to also do a podcast mm-hmm. on, yeah. the, on the same regular schedule that we had been. Yeah, um, this year has been really sad for mm-hmm. me. You know, there's been so much loss. Um in caretaking for a parent and seeing changes, you you feel the grief of that and the yeah. loss of yeah. changes in your parents. And then to couple that with the church, I'm actually surprised by how broken up I feel. But we really put our all into that church. Mm-hmm. We really did. We put our all. We really did. I'm it proud of us. <laughs> what I'm, do you do with that? Yeah. Right? When you... Because you're taught growing up, oh, that if you give, if you do your best, if you give your best, it'll work out. God mm-hmm. honors that. God honors that. Yeah. Here we are. And here we are. 
Yeah. It's tough. And all we're left with is to sit in it yeah. and to figure it out for ourselves and with each other. I mm-hmm. feel supported by, by you too. Yeah, for and sure. And other people in the church, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, those first six months, mm-hmm. getting back to this podcast, it was hard. Yeah. We still don't know. We don't. We still don't know how it all shakes out. We, we don't. still don't know. We're we still in it. We're I was. Still in it. I was. Um. I was saying to my. I was saying in our little cell group this week, like in this, like in this period of Advent, I really like. Advent has really, actually, I think, given me a framework for what's happening. Like because we've talked so much about like this season is like a time of like, pregnant waiting and, um, anticipation. Like this, this very much for me, like. The metaphor for me is like, this is a contraction, like in that, like, and we're in like the middle of it, which is like, we're, we're very contracted right now. And I have no idea what's on the other side. Right. Yeah. I, I don't even know how to finish that. My best, I, I remember that, 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 that God is present in that sorrow mm-hmm. and and sometimes God is more present in that sorrow than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, um, can you be present with me? Happy God. <laughs> That's been like my prayer. Like, I, know. I right. know you're here, but I want to be, you would be here when I'm happy. Yeah. Like, I don't want to keep on feeling sad, yeah, but it's okay. true. He's more in the sadness. Mm-hmm. Cause just like your parents, when you fall and skin your knee, yeah. you know, they're right there. They yeah. have to be more in it. Yeah. Yeah. But I would just like to not have the sadness. Yeah. But I wouldn't get to be human. Yeah, and happiness wouldn't taste as sweet. <laughs> yeah, these are all the conversations you can you can hear the conversations mm-hmm. that I have with myself, right? Totally. Okay, this is just being human. <laughs> this is, happiness tastes better. Well, this is the way Jesus walked through the world. I, it makes me feel better to hear both of you that to hear to hear that both of you are in the same place. Yeah, and I am. I am glad to be sharing this grief with both of you. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I can't imagine sharing this grief with anyone else. Yeah. No. They might try and make me be happy. They try and cheer me up. I, I mean, if you're still like this next up. episode, I will try and make you happy. Oh, I hate being cheered <laughs> up. <laughs> like, you get one episode to cry, Beth. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's one a year, then I could start next year. There you go. But with that... um, what are some of the podcast episodes that have been resonating with you all over this year? What especially stands out? Um, I was I was telling Beth before we started that um, for me it was the it was the last episode we did because it's the one episode I have not listened to. Um, they're talking about um, talking about like witchcraft and and um, you know, like other forms of spirituality. Like I don't even the, even that my word so choices. Sixty five spooky shit, <laughs> yeah. ghosts, brewberia, and other ways to cry. It just like it really. I think like pushed me to this edge where like I'm I'm still like ashamed about listening to what I said. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. So like the and like I know that doesn't that ne- doesn't necessarily put at the top for like best pod best podcast but like i like that's what's good about this mm-hmm. like the challenge is actually really good um and i at, like this as a as a place to like 
test different ideas and like go to the fringes of what I what I believe, even if it if it's difficult to look back. I think is a good thing. Um, and I was yeah like I was I was glad to like in some ways be invited into that space you know like when 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 other people like feel comfortable enough to talk about their spiritual practices with you that's that's a really holy place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so in that respect i i feel really um i feel really blessed to have been there mm-hmm. you also said it was really challenging <clears throat> yeah what some of the things that were challenging for I, you um you know like i i grew up in uh, like my my place of um, spiritual birth is the Pentecostal church, which is a very, in, in some ways, a very hyper-spiritual institution with very thick boundaries around what is good spirituality and what is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, the idea of witchcraft isn't a new idea to me. Um, but it has a, it has, it definitely has a, like, um, it has a place in the, in the, and it's like a do not, do not go there kind of a place, you know? Um, and another part of me though, like has, has like looks, and I said this before, but I just like looks at our history of like putting boxes around things like as Protestants and the damage that it's done. And it just like it leaves me in this place where I like, I I still feel really afraid of those things. Um, I, I feel really afraid to like try any of those kinds of things or be in a place where those things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am like deeply ashamed at like where that mentality has led to so much literal genocide, mm-hmm. like. So it's just like I like it's really alive in me in me bodily. Like I'm mm-hmm. still like working this out. Yeah. And I and like and in that like shame, like I have these voices from my from my you know, from my present and my past who are like doing the work of shaming me for things I now <laughs> believe. Um and, and for things I'm leaving behind. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I think I thinking back to the conversation we had at the top of the episode and also the listener letter, mm-hmm. I, I, the thing that I hope that people walk away from that episode with is mm-hmm. you don't have to be so afraid. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, you don't have to be afraid of Five Nights at Freddy's. You, are, you don't have <laughs> what to. What is Five Nights at Freddy's? It, well, it's a video game. Is it game. a Freddy versus Jason? No. It's it's like a, it started as a video game. It's, it's a like haunted a, Chuck E. Cheese. It's a horror game where, yeah, it's basically yeah. where they're like... <clears throat> Chuck E. Cheese animatronics that come to life and kill people at night or something. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's a video game? It started as a video game, but now it's a movie. Mm-hmm. It's become a whole thing. Literally, that's my biggest fear as a kid, oh, is really? that stuff would come alive. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's funny. I, I assume we were talking about Freddy versus Jason or something Mm-mm. like that, like the Freddy movies. Right. That actually sounds horrifying, it Leroy. Can't, <laughs> right? Right? Like, what? Like, how are you so brave to even want to see this movie? Yeah, in Lebanon, right. That's yeah. really brave. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's ultimately that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't have to be afraid of yeah. that. You don't have to be afraid of brujeria. You don't have to be afraid of other totally. people's religious practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you don't have to live in that fear. Yeah, and that fear, when enough people with enough power feel that way, it's brutal. 
Like, right. it's really what powerful. Do with that fear. Mm-hmm. I just heard uh, Erica Alexander. Uh, she's an actress from Living Single in the '90s, um, and she's also from Philly, actually. Um, but she was talking about her family history. She actually was naming people that my family knew. Um, oh, really? She grew up in the Pentecostal you church. You reposted this TikTok. I did. I yep. watched it. You watched it. You did. Yeah. I saw you like it. Um, but she <laughs> talked about her grandmother, her paternal grandmother, getting into voodoo and uh, coming back all twisted and contorted and like kind of barking like a dog because she was playing around with voodoo. So not only is there a Christian element to being afraid of witchcraft, uh-huh. but black folks don't play with that shit either. And it's e- there's even a saying with black women from New Orleans, oh, don't, don't mess with that girl. You know she's into that, into that stuff because people from oh. New Orleans, <clears throat> like the Creole, Cajun mm-hmm. culture, that black culture is very yeah. into hoodoo. Um, so yeah, I'm, as you're talking about like not being afraid, I'm like, I'm afraid in two ways. I'm afraid as a Christian and I'm afraid as a black person. Like, <laughs> we don't play when it comes to the spiritual, but I think it's actually our reverence for the spiritual where I, that fear comes I from. I think that's fair, but also like some of the things that you're talking about not wanting to mess with, like harmful energies that have to do with ruminating over revenge or hate uh-huh. for somebody else. Like that's already not good. I think one of the things that I... One of the things that annoys me about evangelical Christians being afraid of certain things is that there are things that you should be afraid of in this world. There are ideas and forces that uh, are killing people. Right. 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 That are and killing are your neighbors, and those yeah. are real, and right. those are spiritual, totally and those are okay demonic. <laughs> uh, that you are fine with, but <laughs> yeah. somehow you think you're going to get tainted by Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> right, right. That's such a good point. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, and that I think that connects to my fa- favorite episode of ours, which was the fireworks episode, which where Beth tells us that story about. Uh, how her family was attacked as a child. Mm-hmm. Right. And I began that episode thinking it was a funny story. Yes. And then I ended that episode realizing both. that what was happening was that Beth was describing a hate crime that was perpetrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how I could be dead or disfigured. Yeah. You guys would either not know me or know a different version. Right. right. How like that radically affected the trajectory of your life. And then like as we explored it, we talked about how like it felt like a like a spiritual attack. It felt mm-hmm. like an encounter with a demonic force. Yeah. Because in a lot of very real ways, it was. It had to have been. Yeah. To treat, to do that to a family of yeah. four with right. two little kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't think of anything other, more demonic than that. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the things that stood out to you in that episode that makes it one of your favorites? Was it your change? I think I so. can't lie. Uh-huh. It burnt me up that you guys thought that was a funny story because- yeah. It went into my trajectory of nobody listens to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm ashamed. I I hesitated to bring this up because I am ashamed of myself. Yeah. Because yeah. I just think that it's just like, I don't know whether, it, it, it's just the fact that every time you told the story, it was like, you, it was, it, because whenever I tell a traumatic story, I'm like, wow, this, 
this is what happened. And then I like, I get kind of quiet and mumbly because <clears throat> as if I'm trying to hide it, but you were very upfront about this thing that happened to you as a child. Yeah. And I think I confused that upfrontness with like, That's oh, there's nothing to be ashamed of. This is the just, delivery. Yeah, it yeah. was the, it's the delivery for me. That's so interesting. I've done that with stuff too, with people. Like mm. if they don't say it the way I would say it, I assume a different feeling yeah. behind it. So I can totally understand that. Now that shit was crazy. Yeah. That yeah, shit was crazy. I don't I don't blame you. It's funny. A woman walked up to my car <laughs> the other day, but I felt very afraid. Uh -huh. And I started figuring out how to protect myself. Okay. But all she wanted to say was, girl, that hat is so sharp. I said, thank you, girl. And we went back <laughs> pointing at each other. But like I had this like intrinsic, yeah. somebody's coming up to you as a stranger. You mm -hmm. need to protect yourself moment mm. and yeah. it really comes from that as a kid mm. yeah. yeah yeah and and here here like two of your good friends have heard you tell that story a few times and missed that very important detail <laughs> like <laughs> it's not it wasn't funny to you at all to be fair, I yeah. also thought about it deeply. You all are not the first person to do that to okay. me in a situation yeah. where I was like, no, that was fucking horrible. Like, What's the matter with you? What the fuck? Or yeah. sometimes I'll tell horrible stories. Like, I told my friend a story where I was burnt the fuck up. I was mad as hell. I said, Janelle. And then I said, blah, blah, blah. And she busted out laughing. And when she busted out laughing, it made me laugh. Okay. <laughs> I was like, actually, this is kind of funny. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but because we were talking on the phone, she couldn't see my face. Yeah, All she okay. could hear was the energy of right. my voice. And she we started laughing. Yeah. yeah. So I do have a tendency to tell traumatic things in a way where I don't want y'all motherfuckers to feel bad for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that influences the way other people receive sure. it. Yeah. Sure. I thought deeply about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and I sense. wonder if on the I wonder if other people No, I definitely know other people that tell stories in that way. Sure. Well, I mean in in, in one respect, you're just a good storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And yeah, we <laughs> we weren't listening. Yeah. I also heard that story in a new way when I talked to my sister about it, right? Yeah. Like I had to discover that I had a hate crime committed against me and everybody else in the family knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Except for me. Mm -hmm. That still is something that is very jarring for me. Totally. To have a story that you've heard all your life told in a totally different way at 33. Yeah. That yeah. is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I use the word weird because I can't quite come up with the word to describe mm, it. Yeah. But it's a little identity shifting. Sure. Like, what does it mean for me to have had a hate crime committed against me? Mm -hmm. I don't think it means anything, but it feels different. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a survivor of a hate crime. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, and I also like that we got your mom on the phone and oh. got her perspective. That felt that felt like real journalism. It did. It felt like a real show. It did. <laughs> and it was so funny. Her reaction was still very protective. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't want to think of it that way. Well, yeah, like, we, we really did garner a, a deeper sense of, like, your relationship with your mom, like, like family dynamics, Um it's like there's a lot of deep insight. Um, yeah, like learn a lot about you. Mm -hmm. 
I learned a lot about myself in that episode too, because yeah. I felt very protective of my mom. Like she's not giving the right answers, and if any <laughs> listener says something, I'll kill him. Yeah, like I felt very protective. Yeah, of yeah. Her. totally. Yeah, you did. You texted afterwards. Yeah, you, you wanted to make sure that she sounded okay, and I was like, yeah, she totally sounds okay. She sounds like a mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she sounded like. Yeah, it reminded absolutely. me of my mom, to be honest. Really? Yeah. In what way? In the way that she specifically like framed her upbringing and your family's upbringing as like emphasizing like that like we knew how to protect ourselves mm-hmm. and people knew not to we were the ones that got it right right we were the ones that got it right that's yeah. exactly it and my mom's always like she take she tell she that's the same attitude she she takes when she talks about our family like we were the ones who people looked up to and mm-hmm. we were the ones that knew how things worked and we could protect ourselves and we helped other people mm-hmm. and like that's it's, it's felt very familiar yeah 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 that was that was the hard part for me because i've been working through that with my mom for years mm-hmm. of when white people tell you when the dynamic of divide and conquer is really powerful with white supremacy, right? Yeah. And when white people tell you you you're the best, you know. Ooh, yeah. Oh, this is a whole other episode. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm to- I can totally relate to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. you take that in initially. Yeah, you do. I can remember growing up being told that I now I actually never liked this shit because it was mm. too explicit. Mm-hmm. But I think it was said in other ways. But like this attitude of you're not like the other blacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not like the yeah. other, you know, whatever's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is almost like a stamp. Like I have figured it out. Yeah. I've arrived. I'm doing things right. Right. So so maybe maybe the like resistance to framing the story in, in your family as a hate crime was out of that like identity as like this couldn't happen to this us. This couldn't happen to us. That's yeah. exactly mm-hmm. what it was. Right, like we're the ones who figured it out. Yeah. We are, we're black, but like we're not the hate crime blacks. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. we're not, right. you know, picketing or something, you know, like that couldn't have, it couldn't have been a hate crime that yeah. happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really interesting experience on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite episode, I actually have really struggled with, re- like I said, I've been struggling with recording. Um, I struggle to come up with a favorite episode because I have felt so clunky or like that one episode where I was just mean and talking (laughs) shit about my friends. Uh Like, I'm like, oh, I have been so off. It was such a salty (laughs) Beth episode. Um, Yeah. So it's hard for me to come up with an episode that's my favorite because I'm like, oh, I feel like this has been a documentation of like how crazy I've kind of been over the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, But one episode that that particularly stands out, of course, is the Black Girl episode because the the energy is good with you all. Yeah. But the energy felt different. I felt known in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then Courtney and Brooke, the way that they have fought for their faith Mm -hmm. and the way they approach their faith is so brilliant. I feel really lucky that I've met them. I feel really, really lucky yeah. to know them. Yeah. So that was my favorite episode. Because the way black women have to approach God, particularly in a Western society, you got to work real hard. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it in community with other black women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You guys liked that episode. I love that. Think totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, yeah. Loved it. <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah. But like... 
I don't relate to it in the same way, but like, I mean, part of this is like, yeah, I totally love that for you. <laughs> like that, of course. And it's just another place for me where it's like, yeah, I, I'm just like, I'm happy to, to like be included in something that's like deeply personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and gives me like a window into like you and, and black women and, and spirituality in general. Like, I don't know, like there's something educational for me in, in like those kinds of conversations. It's mm-hmm. very beneficial. Um, and yeah, like the, uh, the, the joy in that episode is like, it's palpable. Mm-hmm. It's a very fun episode. Yeah. Did I talk about? Did I talk before about how much I like the fact that Brooke was wearing a clerical collar? You did. Did I say that on the air? <laughs> I'm not Am sure. I just yeah, repeating you myself? definitely did. If I didn't, I'm saying it again now. Yeah. You like seeing a black woman in a clerical collar, right? I, I first of all, I feel like clergy clothes are cool. Really? Yeah. Say more about that. I. All right. Here's the thing. So in, in, in Korea, every friend of mine has a catchphrase when things are about to get good. Right? Yeah. So some of my friends, it's bitch. One of my friends, my girlfriend Janelle, whenever she calls me and says, "Girl, I didn't tell you," when Andrew says, "Okay, here's the thing," it's about to get good. So go ahead. Um, one of my favorite things in traveling in Asia is when I see the monks because they're just like just full on like orange rose oh that color is incredible with their, like the beads and stuff there's and no confusing them for anything they no. know exactly who they are you mm-hmm. know exactly what they're doing yeah um and i didn't realize that korea was so deeply catholic but there's really? a lot of catholics running around in south korea i know there are a lot of like christianity's pretty yeah. big like they're a bunch of presbyterians and the biggest church in the world is there but it's kind of culty but there are also a decent amount of catholics and you can tell because they're just freaking full-on nuns walking around in their full habits. And then, like, just waiting for the, the subway. It was just, like, a dude in, like, a priest's cassock, like, the whole full-length robe. With the he didn't. He didn't have the cone, the, okay. the miter. Oh, you, you good? Yeah. Um, but I just like the fact that, like... You know who the who like there who are, they are who they are and the, like yeah. the, there are religious there are they, there are people living like a, a religious life like mm-hmm. there are the the Buddhist monks are there the Catholic priest is there and like sometimes when you're walking around Center City and you like you see one of the Franciscan monks and he's just like out there with his robes yeah I I, I appreciate that I, I just appreciate it there's no like there's no hiding it like he you know exactly what their yeah. job is and what they believe and what they're there for. And they're they're there for service at any time too. Right. When you wear that, you know people may right. walk up to you and ask you for prayer. Exactly. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. You said that about Brooke, and that's what I like about like the fact that she's not afraid to wear that clerical collar, and the fact that it is a black woman doing it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we did talk about that. All right. I forgot. Yeah. All right. Sorry. A sorry. Random this person is a walked up clip to show. Me. Oh yeah. A random <laughs> person walked, walked up to you and asked you for prayer. Um. So. I mean, I'm not. I, it's. I, I know that like some people are allergic to ostentatious displays of faith, and I think that's completely valid. Right. Um, but there's. I think there's a difference between that and somebody who, uh, you know, is ready to help at any moment, mm-hmm. and you can tell because of the way they're dressed. I really appreciate that about people of faith too. Muslims, I feel the same way about yeah. Muslims too. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no mistaking who mm-hmm. you worship, what you believe in, mm-hmm. and you are 
bold, even when people are hostile. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'd yeah. just be wearing she in. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing is special about what I wear. <laughs> you know nothing about me when I'm out and about. Yeah. So, what are our thoughts as we're ending this year, right? this There are so many stories in the news cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, there is violence happening, particularly in Palestine. How are we feeling as we're closing out this year mm. about the world and peacemaking and what we want next? I, it does. There's something familiar about this conversation. Like it doesn't, the, the thing is different, but the end of the year for the last several years has felt fraught in mm. different ways. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like, the yeah the like the israeli takeover of palestine is very much like the the, like fraughtness of this of this year and you know beth you 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 and i were talking just about like there's there's a lot of things of of that nature popping up like Mm -hmm. we're or i say we're on the cusp because I'm afraid to say we're in World War Three. I say like, we're there. And, and I think that people need to save money yeah. because it only gets worse. Yeah. But I am incredibly... It, it, it's, it's hard for me... I mean, look, like, this is... I keep saying this, but, like, the, the way I deal with, like, these kinds of things is I, I kind of back off of them... <laughs> And and the like situation in Palestine is is it's terrifying. It's terrifying, it's and terrifying. it could happen to any it, of us. It feels like, yeah, I'm and I'm I'm appalled. It's horrifying. Yeah. The uh, and I refuse to call it a war in Palestine, right? Because the two entities the are genocide. not. Um, yeah. They're not even, right? There's no military uh, to respond. But what is heavy on my heart in this moment is, as a Black woman, understanding a world that rejects you and sets you up to die. Mm-hmm. And that has happened to Jewish people for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and the Palestinians are being killed in this moment. So as a peacemaker, as somebody who now does identify as an Anabaptist, I am thinking of this from the lens of peacemaking. Yeah. And what does it look like to create a world in which, in which Jewish people can live and thrive freely and Palestinians can live and thrive freely in a right. free Palestine? That is important. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel devastated by the current state of the world right now. It mm-hmm. is, I have been particularly tuned in on social media um, because so many buildings, historical buildings in Palestine yeah. have been destroyed and because journalists have distinctly been killed, mm-hmm. right? And when you yeah, kill journalists, right, when you kill journalists, you are purposefully killing the history and the story of people. Mm-hmm. So I have been particularly tuned in on well, Instagram yeah, it's, it's, to it's journalists very, so that I can hear form of like erasure. of genocide, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I can hear their stories. I have seen so many videos of 
people holding their lifeless children, right? There's one woman in particular, and as a woman that wants children, to see this woman holding her lifeless child in a body bag and saying, I worked so hard for this baby, I took 580 injections, right? To see, you know, men wailing mm-hmm. over their children and hearing other people respond to them, you know, thank Allah for all of it. Thank Allah for all of it. And their commitment to faith, yeah. even in all of this, mm-hmm. I have been deeply touched. I have been leaning on their faith yeah. when hard things have happened for me. I have thought to myself, I have to thank God in all of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is a life that I've been given. This is what God has given me. I'm going to give him praise in all of it. Um, but it's, this is a hard moment. This is, these are the moments that I thought of when I was a child, right? When I would hear about the Vietnam war Mm, and you would see, I remember there was this, uh, made for TV movie starring Julia Stiles. It was on ABC for like three days. Does anybody remember that ABC used to do that? The made for TV movie? And they would, they would come on on Sundays Mm -hmm. and then they would happen for maybe three days. The one about the Jacksons was like. Fire. Yeah, that one was so good. That one was so good. (laughs) There was one that was about the 1960s in protesting against Vietnam. And I can remember at, it came out, I think, in 1998. Um, And I can remember thinking, yeah, if something like that happened, I'd want to be one of those people that's out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is the moment for peacemaking. And I am peacemaking for all people. But my focus in this moment is the Palestinians. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It, it, we're, right now, we're in the Advent season, and the thing that keeps hitting me in the face is how much of the Jesus story, of the Nativity story specifically, yeah, is set in Palestine, in Palestine. and <laughs> and is relevant to what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the story of Jesus is a baby born in Bethlehem, and then. She, children are massacred mm-hmm. um i mean the 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 evangelical lutheran church in in bethlehem um has that nativity display mm-hmm. of christ under the rubble mm-hmm. where there's the baby jesus on a pile of rubble yeah mm-hmm. um christmas celebrations are not happening right in the region and christians christmas celebrations aren't happening in the region and yeah our brother and sister christians are in palestine are telling us not to do it not to do it and to yeah be aware of what's happening in the place where Jesus was born. Like we have an intimate connection with that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people there mm-hmm. and what's happening. Yeah. Um, and as a peacemaker, I feel an obligation mm-hmm. too. Yeah. like, not only do I have a connection, but I also have an obligation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not the moment to look away. Yeah. So, um, that's how we're ending the year uh yeah i think that's an appropriate way to end the year this has been a hard and shitty year yeah lord have mercy lord Lord have have mercy so the last thing we like to do is talk about whatever we're into this week can we do that yeah (laughs) all right i'm actually not gonna do it okay because i'm not into things i'm not celebrating i'm standing with palestine well, now none of us can. Uh, you know what? 
<laughs> That's not how it goes, Andrew. It's not. Well, now none of us now can do it. None of us can do it. Thanks, Beth. No, I, I think that's good. Um, you know, yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I'll, I'll receive that instruction. Yeah. Special thanks to Jared Selby, who does our theme song. Uh, Amy Young does our uh, website. And Tess Patino is our social media goddess. And if you've been listening to us and you have thoughts on the end of our year as well, or or the end of your year, Mm -hmm. we want to hear from you all because 2023 has been hectic for us. And I'm sure it's been hectic for you in ways too. So we want to keep walking in faith with you. We want to keep being the church with you because yeah, at this point you are, you all are the church with us too. Yeah. So now more than ever. Yeah, really now more than ever. So write to us at colorcorrectionpodcast.com because we want to hear from you. And with that, stay black, Little Mermaid.